0: The Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast is a proud member of Direction Point.
1: A Doctor Who podcast network. Allons-y.
0: I'm sorry. It's French. So let's go.
2: This is the Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast. On this podcast we travel all of time and space discussing Doctor
1: Who in a completely random order. It's a brilliant idea. It's so simple only you could have thought of it. Oh. I'm the Doctor. These are my new best friends. It's the entire universe. On Shuffle with your hosts Eric Goldbrantz, Asad Keshke, and Matthew Kressel. I'm the doctor, and if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. There's something you better understand about me because it's important, and one day your life may depend on it. I am definitely a madman with a box. Well, now we're getting somewhere. More like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Yeah. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. With me in the TARDIS, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Asad Keshke and Matthew Kressel. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Good. Well, welcome back, Matthew. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it has
0: been a hot minute, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: It's been a few, yeah, and especially since we're kind of on the schedule of doing this only like once a month or so, it really feels like it's been a long time. If somebody's like listening along in, in sequence, it probably doesn't seem so long, but for us it's it's been a little while, so right. glad yeah. to have you back. <laughs> I'm glad I finally had enough of
0: all in my schedule to do this again.
1: <laughs> yeah, well you've been busy. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but um, you were uh, involved in organizing the uh Convention in, in... Is it in Huntsville? Yeah, it's in Huntsville. So, and that was... Um, okay, yeah. Just a few weeks ago, actually, so... Yeah, it sounds like that was a good time.
0: It was. It was, you know, It was. we hadn't done one since 2018, and... You know, in 2019, there were uh, deaths in the family of our staff members, and, well, 2020 speaks for itself. Um, and Bonnie, mm-hmm. who was the sort of the head of everything, decided after 2020, you know, she's been doing conventions, whether it's Doctor Who or anime, for a couple of decades, and said, you know what, I, you know, it's, it's time to quit. And then, you know, and over the last year or two, every June, you know, people would tag her, or they would tag me, and, you know, they would say, hey, you know, I wish, really wish you would do one more, so we ended up doing one more and it was it was fun it was a sort of a great experience we had john barryman as one of our guests and he is a character in every sense of the word
1: Um, (laughs) oh yes uh, it was yeah one... enough enough entertainment and one and one guest there for the whole weekend so. yeah. oh <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
0: um and the one of the highlights for me was um I finally convinced them to let me bring uh, John Peel down who I've wanted to meet for years so John Peel and I spent a lot of time talking about writing
1: yeah that that's fantastic to get to sit down with somebody who you know I, I assume like many of us, have read quite a few of his, his works through the Target novels and other Doctor Who adaptations. Yeah. Um, to get down sit down and be able to talk about writing with him is just, that's a cool story. I'm glad you got the opportunity to do that. So,
0: Oh, yeah. And I've actually been reading him before I ever uh, got into Doctor Who because he <laughs> writes, is written for everything else, so.
1: And that yeah, you mean, feeling Yeah, we, we like... reviewed one of his... Oh, no, I
2: was saying that now do you feel like Continuing with <laughs> Conkay.
0: Well, there is um somebody else who's been talking about picking it up potentially in a year or two, and if mm-hmm. they want me to be involved with them, still, I will. I will happily be so because. You know, every time I say, you know what, I'm glad this isn't happening, you know, it's a lot of stress and everything else, and then the actual weekend of the convention rolls around, it's like, how could I ever give this up? So, if, yeah. if, um, if, who, if the guy who's talking about uh, picking it up from Bonnie doesn't do so, if he wants me to be involved, I'll happily be so, and probably get more gray hair in the
2: process. Every time I try to get out, yeah. I pull myself back in.
1: <laughs> That's right. Very true. Uh, it's, it's speaking of conventions, Assad, you said you were at a yeah, since I was we at, spoke last. Yeah, I was at Convergence two, in Minneapolis.
2: Yourself, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's Convergence in Minneapolis. Uh, recommended to uh, everybody to check it out. Super fun, uh, super chill fan run. Um, lots of uh, fun panels, lots of uh, partying at night. Um, so yeah, definitely something to check out. Fourth of July weekend. Is I guess going to be the regular thing, uh, from for the for some time at least. I guess they have a contract with the hotel, so.
1: Um, okay, cool. So, so they'll be around so uh, for another few years at least.
2: Yes, yes. So far, just like with all conventions, yeah. there's uh, people talk about whether attendance is it is it get uh, is it increasing is it dropping is it uh, how difficult is it to organize. Uh, although, the usual uh, issues that right. face conventions
1: everywhere, but so far, it seems to be doing pretty healthily.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So Matthew had his, uh, his John Peel um, story. What was the highlight of your weekend at Convergence, mm. if you had one? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. We actually had a very fun panel. Uh, as I, I always enjoy the panels, uh, for the most part, and the general socializing, we had a Super fun panel on Babylon 5, a super fun panel on uh, uh, British science fiction from the 80s. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and uh, there's one on cool the year in Star Trek, and uh, one th- and we did one on uh, race and culture in cosplay, which uh, went along quite uh, smoothly. I felt a little concerned about that cool. one, but uh, it went quite well. So, so yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Sounds fun. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's, it's already July, so, I mean, it's starting to be where I can start thinking about, you know, Chicago TARDIS coming up again already, which yeah. is crazy, but <laughs> here we are. So <laughs> Yeah. Where has uh, the year gone? Still, it's, <laughs> I know. That's still pretty much my one and only uh, convention I'm hitting, and I will uh, hopefully be able to change that someday in the future, but that's, I will definitely be at that one this year, so... Okay as always. If you're only (laughs) going to do one, it's a good one to do. That is true. That's right. Yep. And it's, you know, not very far from where I live. So that's always nice as well. That's always helpful. Um, (laughs) Always. Yeah. So, uh, anything new in the world of Doctor Who for you guys? Anything? I mean, we're getting little bits and pieces of, uh, production news as things roll around. They just wrapped on shooting, the the first, uh, season with the 15th Doctor. And right. um, yeah, just any anything else new that's that's caught your eye, or have you been uh, reading, watching, even writing since Matthews here? Uh, uh, anything Doctor Who related that you want to tell us yeah, about? I don't have anything.
2: I don't think uh, new Doctor Who related. So, mm-hmm.
0: well, I've been just finished listening last week uh, to the new Big Finish audio novel, *Prisoners of London*. Uh, which was an interesting one, sort mm-hmm. of Matthew Waterhouse both writing and reading it with uh, the Season 19 5th Doctor TARDIS crew. And it was a, it was an interesting story. I think the, the characterizations of it, I think, were the best parts of it. I mean, unsurprisingly, since, you know, Waterhouse was in the show at the time as a cast member. Um, it, had, mm-hmm. it did have an interesting story, though, and it wasn't quite what I was expecting it to be. Uh, because there's a there's a couple of plot twists in it, one of which comes fairly early on that uh, turns the London 1982 setting on its head. But that was a fun listen, um, and I definitely recommend that.
1: Okay. Yeah, cool. It's I'm, I'm itching to get some new Big Finish, actually. It's been... Other than what we've reviewed on, on the show, it's been a while since I've gone and just sought out something new, so... Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. been
2: listening to other audiobooks in general, uh, but uh, not... Been keeping up with the big finish. I did see. I mean, I don't if hopefully uh, people uh, have already seen the promo uh, video, short video for the season twenty uh, Blu-ray or series yes. twenty Blu-ray uh, with uh, Janet yep. Fielding and uh, uh, Sarah uh, Sutton. Sutton. Yes. Sutton. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So obviously, <laughs> that's making people think now that uh, Mara is going to be returning in. Uh, uh, see in uh, with the fifteenth doctor, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I just love how these how these trailers have kind of evolved from being simple trailers to they're full on short films at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, but...
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how the first couple were like almost teaser esque, and then they've they've evolved into these like yeah fun short films that I kind of feel were with the popularity of these trailers might have been part of the the push that got everybody back to to do uh, the, the big Jodie Whittaker finale, so we got to see some old faces again, so right. yeah. uh, getting everyone together for these Blu-ray sets I think has a lot to do with that and, and maybe not, maybe I'm imagining things but I feel like there's there's a little bit of a, there's always been a community around, around conventions and such, but I think these people are seeing one another and working together and uh, yeah, I think without that, you may, may not have uh, had all of them involved again, so so and the last or few also, ones uh, please, but, like, sorry you were saying Matthew
0: yeah well they're also introducing them to you know brand new audiences who may never have watched a classic who thing before and then see this trailer on YouTube or Twitter or well X or whatever Elon Musk is calling it this week um, <laughs> yeah but you know introducing them to whole new people i mean you know it's like you know people excited about mail of all things i think if you had told me 10 years ago that people would be excited <laughs> right. about mail I, I i would have been asking you to have your head checked but you know 2023 here we are
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that's interesting yeah. these trade promos have seem to have become more dramatic in tone initially they were more comedic and lighthearted, but i think the last three have been a uh, little more dramatic in tone mm. <laughs> so
1: whatever that means <laughs> yeah tur- turning into a little series all the all their own which yeah. is cool so yeah um yeah i was kind of kind of waiting uh to see what was going to be the next set it seemed like we had an extra large gap in uh, announcements and in the uh, for blu-ray sets usually we kind of know a couple of ahead ahead of time and um so and i think doesn't this mark if i if i remember correctly from what i've read this after season 20 is out it marks the halfway point in mm. the blu-ray sets okay. so
0: yeah something like that
1: yeah so hopefully they keep going strong i they haven't managed to figure out how to get a trout in season out yet so i'm hoping that'll come up <laughs> one of these one of these times but Right.
0: Well, they're going to have to decide if they're going to you know, completely animate his era or not. Of course, I was surprised when right. uh, the we got the Hartnell Season 2 set that there wasn't they didn't animate the Crusades for that. But, you know, best yeah, best known too. wisdom of the folks at the BBC.
1: Hmm. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be frustrating yeah, if, we'll see. Uh, if, then, if and when they do end up animating it because, yeah, because then you'll have to get that one too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I, I kind of feel like and of course I'm always happy to be wrong, but I kinda feel like when they put the, the season two box set out that that was pretty much saying, Yes, we are announcing officially we're not animating the crusade like or any of this stuff. So why do I um, feel I heard somewhere I'm that wrong, they were but, getting so.
2: going to be going back to animation or is that just my memory it, playing tricks they did, on
1: me? Um I'm not gonna remember the details, but it was w- within the group of announcements made when around when Russell T Davies started making big announcements, is that uh, animation was going was going to be something that they would be doing, and there would be announcements made around the 60th anniversary. I haven't heard a thing else about it. I know but, there's rumors yeah. about a couple so of stories that
0: are in the pipeline. I know I've heard Underwater Menace, um, because you know that was one they hadn't you know bungled you know pretty badly when they released it on DVD to begin with. Um, was something they were talking about animating yeah. and um, yep. it's apparently if the rumors can be believed it's one of the things we can be thankful for the Disney deal for doing because of course BBC America was co-financing the previous animations and they decided after uh, a Abominable snowman that they weren't going to do it anymore so you know one of those rare occasions where we might be able to say thanks Disney yeah.
1: <laughs> nothing in yeah. the world can stop yeah, them I- now I wonder if um if we'll get different types of animation or um yeah w- w- what will happen with that if if disney itself will have anything to do with it or if it's just that you know the disney um disney money that'll help <laughs> help that come around right. but so i know there's some, still some people out there whose feathers are a little ruffled about disney being involved at all but it does sound like it's 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 a pretty hands-off situation at the moment. Now, we'll see in the future
0: yeah. what, what it brings. When Shooty steps out of the TARDIS wearing Mickey Mouse ears, I will be yeah. worried.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that uh, that episode that's coming up where the Doctor is in a Disney mascot costume for the whole... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> it's not an in-house Disney so, production. It's not even, I guess, like, Disney owns... Uh, bad wolf right <laughs> so
1: no they do not yeah they don't own yeah i don't think but
2: between sony and disney and bad wolf i guess uh yeah i guess they should have plenty of money floating around
1: <laughs> i would think so i think we're I, I i'm hoping at least that we're entering into a new kind of um era of accessibility for the show and and i i'm thinking back to like season six uh, five, six, seven-ish when it was like the most visible. I think yeah. I've ever seen it, especially in the United States. Just promotion everywhere. I think that was se- series six when um, when it really took off. And I just remember like the Chicago, you know, train underground train stations were just full of Doctor Who stuff. And I was like, this is just awesomely bizarre with all, all this advertising everywhere. Uh, because when I first, you know, and I, I I got into it like late in the game, like it was already, you know. Not only had had it been a super popular show that was on for many many years and been canceled, and but it had come back and become a super popular show again. And I still like most. It was like one in five-ish people knew what you were talking about if you're, you know, you brought up Doctor Who. Um, yeah, and then to see it plastered all over everything for a while there, um, kind of. a That was kind of the peak, I think, of the popularity, yeah. at least in the states. It was right around that time, but yeah yeah but um as for like new stuff for Doctor Who that I've noticed I just I the really the only thing that I saw is that they had wrapped shooting um, so there's a whole series ready to go they're entering post on you know series uh what would it be now um, series 14 with the 15th doctor is that I don't know what what are we, what are we counting the is that right David so, Tennant specials yeah. so is that a series yeah or? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I, I doubt it, but I don't know. I'm not sure. And, uh, yeah, and Jody's I mean, last that... two few things were all specials, too. So I think Flux was 13. So I think we technically did series 14. Anyway, I'll figure it out when they <laughs> right. put it out. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's really the only new thing that I've seen recently. Um,. Oh, no, there were some promotional images that were put out for the San Diego Comic-Con because they're going to be doing a big... Uh, I assume we'll get to see, when you know after Comic-Con, we'll see a trailer and and some, some more stuff because they're going to do a big Doctor Who panel there again. Hmm. And um, so there were some official promotional images of the... David Tennant as the 14th Doctor, Donna Noble, and the... You know, Shooty Gatwa as the 15th Doctor, so some official stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Um, it was it was super exciting. I was just kind of scrolling through them on my phone, and I just told my kids who are are, are familiar enough with Doctor Who, I forced them to sit down and watch a little bit of it. And uh, I just once I asked them if they wanted to see a picture of the new Doctor, and uh, they're like, yeah. And I showed them, and they both were like, oh, he looks so cool. They had like a big reaction to it. So that, that was pretty exciting. I was like, oh, cool. They're interested yeah. in seeing him. So. Uh, and then I flip-flip back. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to sit through a few more episodes with this guy. And I showed them the <laughs> David Tennant image, and they're like, ah. <laughs> so and they're they're very excited for Shooty for some reason. And I, I don't think there's a whole lot of, like, logic behind it, but they thought he looked really cool. So I think that's... So. Uh,
2: it certainly certainly cuts a different uh, picture. I mean, David's back in his uh, long coat and pinstripe suit, just a different color. And Shooty's uh, yep. got all sorts of... yeah flair and (laughs) the
0: cosplays at cons are going to be fun to
1: see looking forward to it so oh boy (laughs) yes yeah they're gonna have a lot to lot to work with which is cool yeah um yeah i guess the only other new doctor who thing i did is i finally after many years of intending to sat down and read uh the novel human Ah. nature by paul cornell on my vacation as my it was my vacation (laughs) book so first time read. It was like the number one uh, New Adventures novel I wanted to read, and I ended up reading a couple more before this one. Um, <laughs> still haven't read many of them, and uh, the, I have many that are burning holes, c- uh, collective holes in my bookshelf, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I it lived up to its reputation. I, I won't necessarily review it or go into a big review of it, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So, yeah, I have a lot
2: of unread new and missing and uh, the later BBC books. Yeah. That, well, I uh, set
0: are, are, are myself right. the goal this year, as I do for every yeah. anniversary, yeah. you know, every five years for the big anniversaries, of I was going to read a book from every doctor, and I think I've read exactly four to date.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you got a little ways yeah. of, of the year left, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to try and do things like that and, like, set, set those kind of goals for myself, and I just, uh, yeah, I have not been able to get to, like, sitting down and reading a novel for fun was, like, that That was a, like, goal of mine, like, we're going to be on this vacation for, like, a few days, and I'm just going to make time to read a book because it's been so long since I've done that, but, so, and it not being for, like, you know, a podcast or school or something, you know, just sit down and read for, just to read, so it was nice.
0: And now we take a quick break to let you know about some other excellent podcasts that
1: you should check out.
0: They all say, who, who is
2: Doctor
1: who? Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Mersbrug and your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With a popular feature like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, there's a lot of fun to be had. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Police Box in a Junkyard podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end
0: of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors. Reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spin-off
1: materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network.
0: You're listening to
1: Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast. Hi.
0: I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. My name is Barry Williams. Together,
2: we host Time Ram.
0: Time Ram's a cruel mistress.
2: It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we RAM them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to.
0: You're listening to Police Box in a Junkyard.
1: Cool. Well, I suppose we should uh, get to the matter at hand and uh, talk a little bit about the uh, audio play that we are reviewing this evening, and that is uh, Doctor Who, Death Among the Stars.
0: Hope you can hear me. I need to warn you. There are things here, Monsters! Terrible monsters! Can't fight them. You have
2: to turn back while you still can. It's too late for me. I'm already dead, but you...
1: The voice was cut off in a blizzard of radio static. The video feed from the rover had been cut, too, its last frame frozen on the screen. The face of the space-suited woman on Europa, now frozen on the cinema screen, 16 meters tall was Amber Lewis's face. The doctor was the first to find his voice, at least sufficiently for a growl to bubble up from his throat. What did I just say about causing a fuss? <laughs> Uh, was originally released by BBC Worldwide in September of 2017. Uh, It consists of one episode uh, and uh, yeah, it's just an audiobook-style adventure read by, none other than Perry herself, Nicola Bryant and um, written by Steve Lyons and yeah, it's a 12th Doctor solo adventure. uh, Something that I was kind of totally unaware existed not that i know every single one of these things but this one was totally unfamiliar especially since i was already you know obsessively following the show for many years at this point but um yeah any either of you guys heard or come across this one before
0: never i was aware of the new series audios i think is what they referred to them as Uh, but i had not heard of them or heard Mm -hmm. any of them i should say um, and I'm kind of surprised with this one, given the uh, given part of the settings and premises of it are very much in my wheelhouse. So I'm not sure how this one kind of passed me by. <laughs> yeah,
1: once I got listening to it, I, I thought of thought of you right away. So I'm glad you were able to check it out. So, but
2: yeah, I didn't know this one, but I had heard a couple of other uh, while completing my obsessive uh, completionist. Uh, uh, approach towards uh, everything by Dan Abnett. He wrote a couple of them for uh-huh. the Tenth Doctor and Donna. So um, I think yeah. So yeah. So one was one was read by David Tennant, and I think the other one uh, was read by um, Catherine. Interesting. Uh, so so yeah, the, and of course the titles escape me. But yeah, <laughs> I I've,
1: I have this. I've heard some incidental <laughs> BBC audio. Um, stuff but i don't think from this specific series of uh or this era of i don't know like you were saying the the new audio adventures i don't think i've heard a lot of them i can't remember for sure um apparently supposedly according to uh the tardis wiki this is release number 30 in the series so there's obviously a lot of them that i'm unaware of if i'm if i'm entirely unaware of them but I do remember there being a anniversary around the fiftieth, an anniversary set of like one adventure with each Doctor that BBC Audio did, and I listened to most of those. In fact, I think yeah, we Destiny of the Doctor. We did the Tenth Doctor one, um, in, yeah. a long yeah, so time ago. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while, but yeah, so yeah. so I'm, I'm I'm aware that these existed, but yeah, I'd never come across this one specifically. Um get you a a quick blurb here um, from the back of the CD we'll uh, at Kennedy Space Center in 2060 the doctor meets Amber Lewis both are there to observe the launch of Earth's very first off-world colony ship as it heads for Jupiter's sixth moon but to everyone's surprise it seems that somebody has reached Europa before them the figure is oddly familiar to the doctor and Amber in particular So begins the adventure of a lifetime for Amber as she journeys in the TARDIS to set foot on a distant moon. Events take a bizarre turn when she and the Doctor apparently witness celebrity figures wandering freely on the rocky surface. A sinister presence lurks behind the apparitions, and Amber is about to fall into its clutches. An alien base, a stranded abductee, and a group of sinister ice men all add up to trouble for the Doctor. Can he rescue his new friend and avert disaster on humanity's new frontier? Yeah, so that's that's quite quite a detailed synopsis, but yeah, doctor shows up at uh, the Kennedy Space Center in 2060 uh, to witness the yeah landing of the first off-world colony ship on the moon Europa, Jupiter's moon Europa, and strikes up a conversation with. I think she's just like the door greeter, essentially Amber at the beginning of this. And yeah, she's um, a she's a
0: tour guide there at the Kennedy Space Center. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Yep. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and eventually she becomes the the center of this whole adventure. When they see her on the uh, kind of a garbled recording, warning to turn the ship around because the Europa is full of dangerous monsters, and um, and uh, they they essentially see what they they believe or they take at the time to be her her dying essentially on the planet, or um, th- yeah, so. She's in an interesting situation at the beginning of this uh, where she kind of feels like she's heading towards it, her, her inevitable demise. <laughs> and uh, the doctor's kind of trying to figure out what role she plays in all of this. So um, <laughs> it's the 12th Doctor kind of adventuring on his own. Um, i don't know if they did a lot of the that for the like this this series around but certainly within uh the narrative of the what, what we saw on television there's plenty of time for the doctor to be off on his own at this period so um, yeah and uh yeah so All right. what did you guys did you just general opening comments would you guys uh think of this one is it one that uh, sucked you right in or um yeah, anything. Initial reactions. I found
2: it pretty enjoyable. Um, Well-written delivery is good. The characters are good. I think uh, Steve Lyons got the voice of the 12th mm. Doctor um, pretty... Pr- got it down pretty well. Uh, I could definitely hear Peter Capaldi saying uh, some of those lines. Um, and, yeah, now overall... Uh, Enjoyable and nice that it's pretty self-contained, which is uh, always a plus when listening to these audios. Since sometimes yeah, in the middle of a whole yeah, yeah. Story I mean Steve Lyons is a is a <laughs> so. good
0: writer, anyways. I yeah. mean I tend to enjoy a l- most of his Doctor Who stuff that I've come to. So seeing his name on this, uh, as well as the premise of it, uh, as a big space geek, uh, was <laughs> just one of those things that went ooh, um, and you know, it was pretty enjoyable. I mean, you know, it's always fun when they kind of do that kind of near-future space exploration thing. Um, though the, the thing that makes me kind of laugh, though, is um, Amber's. accord is, I think she's 43, they say at one point. She goes, well, you know, there wasn't a space program when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the news and everything that's going on in space <laughs> stuff right now, and I'm like, yeah, we got that wrong, didn't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know... I, I, you know, there's a lot to enjoy in this one. It is, you know, I could admit, I think, I I don't know if it's necessarily the highest compliment I could pay it, but it feels like it could have been an episode from this era. So, you know, at least Mm. it captured that kind of 12th Doctor flavor pretty well.
2: I mean, I didn't go back to look at uh, the timeline uh, issues to see, um, because because, because they make reference to... uh, Mm -hmm. The waters of Mars and to kill the Moon, so <laughs> and in kill the Moon they were pretty clear about that the space program was uh, moribund. So I guess this is the yeah Doctor yeah. Who I future. Did, I did
0: like that they <laughs> slipped in uh, um, when they go through the mm-hmm. rocket park at the Kennedy Space Center, which is a real which is a real thing to, there uh, that I had way too much enjoyment walking around when I was there last August. <laughs> Um, but they yeah. sort of, they drop in a reference, uh, to the Zeus 5 capsule is sitting out in the rocket bark, which is a fun little nod back to 10th planet, uh, because that was the capsules that were being launched mm-hmm. in that. So it's like, ah,
1: ah, that's right. That's a good catch. That didn't even, that, is, that didn't even land on the continuity on the, the TARDIS wiki page. That's a deep so cut. yeah, you should definitely, uh, get that added at some point. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it, I'm, in, I'm in agreement about Steve Lyon's yeah. writing in general. Like, everything with his name on it is... It, it, when I see his name on something, I always look forward to it because I generally in, really enjoy his writing. Um, and I think, like you said, Assad, he um, really captures the voice of the Twelfth Doctor um in this, so you can just hear Peter Capaldi saying some of the stuff. Even and Nicola Bryant does a fun um, interpretation of Peter Capaldi. It's not really an impression of him, but she she does it okay, and she 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 certainly gets his um, not necessarily his accent or his right. voice, but his uh, his the way he would deliver a line. It seems like she's very. You know, she's at least seen him a couple times. It's not a total because sometimes they get people and even people that are, uh, you know, that are veterans from the show and, and good actors in their own right. But they come in and read one of these audio books and they did and they do it very straightforward, like an audio book, like you would for, you know, Audible or something. And, and that's a little different approach than or Nicola Bryan has a little bit different approach here, uh, probably because of all her work that she's done now with audio. But um, yeah. But yeah, she does. She does give it a little little flourishes. Like she definitely right. kind of goes for the Scottish accent with the, the Doctor, and you know, definitely tries to do a little bit of a Southern accent with Amber. And for the most part, they work pretty right. well. Like I, I, I don't think she. They don't come off as jokey or, or bad. I think they're just good, good reads. So yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. Amber is definitely one of the good, uh, a good one-off companion. Uh, yeah one that uh yeah maybe steve lyons should bring her back for some future (laughs) it'd be
1: fun yeah she was a good counterpart i i like um you know that she wasn't you know an 18 year old college student or like you know your general modern doctor who companion um i like that she was you know older like not quite middle-aged but that you know well well into her career and um and yeah she just had some a a different kind of way of dealing with the doctor it wasn't so um and i suppose the 12th doctor doesn't quite get that (laughs) starry-eyed approach that uh maybe matt smith's (laughs) doctor or david Tennant's doctor does but you know she definitely she definitely plays ball with him a little more and doesn't kind of doesn't take the uh take guff from him quite as much as um some of the others do so um, yeah, right. she was fun, I liked her and, um, her being kind of the crux of the plot, I think is, is fun, because she gets to kind of work through the mystery um, and the not that the Doctor plays, like, uh plays a backseat role in this story, but, uh, I do think it's Amber's story, and not in a bad way, but it, it, that makes it, it fun, I mean, she you get to meet the Doctor through her eyes, and it's kind right. of her story and, um, yeah, and like you said it's very self-contained, uh yeah very reminiscent of an episode of of the show, a current show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so...
2: I mean, if anything, I'd say the title is a little overly dramatic. (laughs) Compared to the story. (laughs) But I I feel like overly dramatic titles is
1: about, you know, as Doctor Who (laughs) is anything. So, it's, uh... Yeah, exactly. i mean the robots <laughs> um, of death yeah and it and it, it's right it is a, a very on the nose but it's that is generally what the the story is about like that's the you know in, infectious that gets them going off to uh to europa is because they witness what they believe to be her her death among the stars so yeah so and uh yes. yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> it is a very Stephen Moffat-style MacGuffin mm. as well, which yeah, I think yeah, just adds right. to the flavor yeah, of the and there's
2: thing. A yeah, very, very Empress of Mars opening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> this does, actually yeah. predates <laughs> that by about a year yeah, or so. Yeah,
1: and uh, I know when I read the blurb prior to listening to it, I saw Men there, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if and it's not Mars, but I wonder if, you know, since we're in the... In, in in our solar system here if we're going to see if these are going to be ice warriors and no they're actually not there's something different so right. um yeah. so yeah like as it said in the in the synopsis they yeah. they get to planet and uh they're starting to try and unwrap or unravel them it's a moon sorry yeah you're you're it's correct. not a planet it's a moon <laughs> um and uh space nerd space nerd <laughs> Space nerd. Well,
0: there, there, I, I also had to do that because there's a moment involving that a moment of, of that in the actual audio itself yeah, too, where right, he yeah. corrects the doctor.
1: Uh, yeah, she's she's representing all the all the space nerds as a character too, so which is good. That's a, um, but yeah, they they get to the planet and notice uh, they're being watched by a mysterious figure that looks incredibly like Elvis Presley and turns out, well, they are being watched by Elvis on the surface of Europa, and uh, yeah, things kind of get uh, quirky and strange from, from that point, and uh, yeah, we get to meet our... Uh, I mean, I guess you'd call him the big bad or the villain or something in this, but uh, he, he's not very uh, typical for a villain. He's actually a... Uh, we think is a stranded um, Earthman who has been at one point abducted by aliens and then just kind of they did their did their thing, you know, poked and prodded him and then left him on Europa. And uh, right. so he's been using this technology that they uh, left him with to, um, yeah, figure out his. Uh, but essentially survive on, on the planet. It's all based on his memories and the, um, yeah. What's, is it the, the, the content that, that has been set out off into space that, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly where the, uh, I should, cause I listened to it twice, but where the, like link to all the celebrity characters and such came from, is it really just from his, um, his experience or did it have something to do with the, um, kind of the materials that have been sent off in the um they've been intercepting like tv signals
0: and stuff dating all the way back to the jfk assassination which i couldn't help but um get a bit of a snicker out of because it's like a subtle reference back to the show's beginnings as well um and he's just been he just pulls them out of that and just kind of forms them and it's just kind of like you know if you're going to come up with that kind of surreal imagery uh, for a Doctor Who story, you're going to have to come up with a good reason for it, and I think Steve Lyons did about as good as you could get with that idea.
2: Yeah, I kind of thought it would really go was going to veer into more shenanigans territory when it turn, when Elvis appears,
1: but uh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and they didn't to, to have that be a thing that is on like the it's in the synopsis. It, it turned out being a very small. Uh, didn't really have right. a whole lot to do with the the central uh, drive of the story. So yeah. um, it's
2: just, yeah. feels like it might, it's... If anything, it sounded, it seemed almost like, it's almost seemed like, I guess, I don't, like back in the day, it seemed, uh, Russell Davies would describe his episodes as, these are a few things I want to see in the episode. I want to see flying kung fu nuns, uh, uh, monks, and werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one element would be more important than the other, but they'd all get... So this is like, I want Elvis on in space. So, yeah. <laughs> <It> <laughs> somewhere made, in the air. <laughs> Yeah, it
0: did make me think of that one Red Dwarf episode whose title is escaping me at the moment, though. Where they end up in the theme park How and they... they end up in the future theme park with all these robot figures of famous Earth uh, figures uh, and basically start a war between them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do need to see Red Dwarf. More Red Dwarf.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that... Uh, I needed to see more of that too, because I I've enjoyed what I've seen, but I've not seen anywhere near enough. So, um, yeah. So they uh, I I'm just looking through. Should have taken better notes because uh, usually the like the wiki page has my back and it does not this time around and I don't have something so I can't. Yeah, no, I can't... Pretty it, it is pretty <laughs> sparse. I yeah. was kind of
0: surprised when I was looking at it.
1: I couldn't remember the I and I still can't remember the name of the character uh, that I was uh, of of uh, the the uh, the bad guy the, er, the Earth. Beck. Morton Beck. Beck. Yes, yeah, there Beck. you go. Morten thank Beck. you, thank you the
2: i think so. antagonist, antagonist maybe antagonist yeah although his plan um, is very
1: pretty villainous but <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah he's he's not exactly a power hungry tyrant <laughs> no
1: no he's um yeah just kind of looking to well get back and um, yeah save humanity from the rest of the universe right yes he doesn't want <laughs> which uh, is... and and vice versa <laughs> yeah so yeah, doesn't want he wants to stop yeah, it's, humanity it's from having you know this, oddly
0: altruistic as Doctor Who villainous plans go. If you really think about it,
1: it is yeah because he's he's really he, his goal is in his mind to save the human race and to also you know save other people from the human race. So uh, to stop years and right. centuries of war and, and so yeah, he's he's fairly his motivation is in the right place like his heart's in the right place but um he's going about it in a, you know kind of a, a terrible way with destroying a, a mission to <laughs> um yeah. yeah so and also according to you know the doctor as we find out this is going to be the first you know major stride forward that will lead to the you know what he sees as an evil empire but you know there's a the other side of the coin is many years of you know expansion and exploration and um growth as a species so and he wants to make sure that's uh, of course going to still happen so. um yeah it's a it's an interest interesting character i i feel like when it gets to this point um they i feel like they could have done a little bit more with and, and i guess it's the the new show new show format it's it's pretty brief we're not talking we don't have a lot lo- like a four-episode arc here, so um, I feel like we could have do- gotten a little more right. out of this character, the Morton Beck character. He he was interesting, and I feel like the the ending, when it when it turns out what was actually going on with him, I think could be a little more soul crushing if you got to actually get to know him a little bit more, even as you know an antagonist, as you right. said. Um, well, yeah, I thought uh, you guys have any thoughts on yeah the the general plot once we get to know what's going on on Europa
2: I mean it's pretty straightforward um, I don't know if the plot is necessarily all that well thought out <laughs> <laughs> because even if you know one expedition goes awry then doesn't mean more would not be coming so right
0: yeah somebody clearly has um. not read the martian chronicles yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes
1: yeah to think that humanity would just like be like oh well i guess that you know that was a nice try now i i guess we'll just stay here forever and never never attempt to explore right. i mean g- give humanity a way to profit from yeah. from exploring space and we'll be all over it so
0: yeah. I mean, that is a sci-fi trope, to be fair, which is, you know, I remember there was, a, there's an episode of Stargate Atlantis that deals with something similar as well, and it's like, mm. clearly you do not understand humans that well <laughs> yeah. if you think that's gonna stop us from, from doing anything. Right? You know, what What's the old saying about one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Yes. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it says a thing or two about human beings, I suppose, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the ending yeah. definitely could have been a little more thought out. I mean, for yeah, as much as I enjoyed this, I think the ending <laughs> kind of bugged me a bit because, you know, that sort of last-minute twist, and it's like... it. I mean, it borders on dosex Ex Machina because there's no kind of setup for it whatsoever. It's just the Doctor showing up and going, Oh, you know, and, you know wave at the sonic screwdriver later.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I they, they give it a little bit of grounding in the fact that he's been creating these ice men which he which he's creating the like I I don't even really know what exactly they are except for artificial humans that kind of develop into something so they see something, they look at the old television programs or the old Earth stuff and they can eventually grow into that. It's how we had an Elvis and uh, how we had uh, the president which I I was trying to decide which president it was supposed to be. I imagine the the one from whenever she was from, I guess, like, but uh, that was my
0: guess. Yeah. Cause it yeah, wasn't, a, it wasn't
1: like a, a historical president <laughs> as it would be to her that I, I could put my finger on, but yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I'll... I mean, I give Steve Lyons the, the virgin era thing of let's just make this
0: celebrity president of the United States. So, you know, more power to him for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um but yeah the 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 ice men are these uh creatures that can kind of become uh they, they kind of grow into the these images and then that at one point amber is being it, it i hesitate to say cloned it's kind of a process like that but um it wouldn't actually be a clone of her per se it would just be this creature that looks like her physically um and sounds right. like her um sounds like her and then so so through understanding all of that it does give us a little setup for the ending where um, and, and I think everybody knows uh spoilers if you're I mean if you've gone this far we've already spoiled a few things but this yeah spoil the twist ending but just <laughs> warning you so I'll give you a second to, <laughs> to tune out if you don't want to hear it um, at the end when we find out that Morton Beck is actually not Morton Beck that it is a copy, you know, one of these pieces of technology, and that the, the things that were marooned on Europa were all just these ice men, and that he was just a, a copy Iceman of, of Morton Beck, just has all of his memories and such, which kind of is weird to me because they make a deliberate point throughout the story to kind of make ice men seem like they're just kind of a shell that looks like somebody. It's not like really Elvis Presley with all of his experiences and yada yada, It's just, it looks like him, but then all of a sudden we find out that Morton does have all of his experiences, and, you know, he really thinks he is Morton Beck, so. Well, the whole thing is that they they sort of talk about is that
0: Morton was created by whatever the gray aliens were that originally operated this base and inadvertently left him that they created him and all the other icemen were created by him uh overall and by his own admission it's a process he doesn't completely understand so that that makes a little bit of sense but at the same time you're kind of thinking how did they not realize that they'd left both him and the base sitting there intact i mean how much of a hurry were they to leave
2: right Well, I mean, like, as far as the Morton, Ice Morton being, well, they do say that Morton Beck had been kidnapped, so I'll assume brain scan, personality scan, whatever, as they were trying to figure out humans, so that's probably why the Morton replica was, in a lot of ways, like Morton. And I guess they did say that they they were planned to destroy the base, and I guess the Replica Morton would have been destroyed with the base um except whatever whatever went wrong went wrong uh, yeah one thing that i think is a potential uh issue is that uh, why on earth does replica morton get older <laughs>
0: yeah that's a good point yeah. actually
2: if he's a nice man
1: <laughs> yeah maybe uh, they age and we just don't know it like maybe we had a lot of these maybe we had old Elvis out there and you know like yeah. <laughs> How old did Doctor say he'd be? 122 uh, years old? Yeah. I don't think he'd be doing so hot at that point, but...
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like the, the more recent Terminator, or attempted Terminator reboots, where they keep having to explain why Arnold Schwarzenegger looks decades older than he used to. Right.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. <coughs> um,
1: yeah, I did... The, there's a couple... of The bit.
2: other sort of weakness that uh, comes up is the... That his... Uh, his uh, Ice monsters are remarkably ineffective. Well, that's a long that's yes. a long-standing Doctor Who tradition, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and like the, the especially towards the end when we get the the big monsters that he's created, the ones that are going to destroy yeah. you know destroy the uh, settlers and um they yeah they're a couple of people you know the Doctor and Amber are able to kind of not only outrun but outwit these giant monsters that you know, were supposed to be so dangerous they were gonna destroy the 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 mission to Europa, so um yeah, maybe his plan was a bit harebrained all along. I mean, maybe maybe that's just built into the story. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it was not ever gonna work. I don't know. He's got fusion explosives. Maybe he was just trying to ease the bombs and the monsters were there as backup. In general, Steve Lyons pros and um the characterization and stuff yeah, I mean. is, is is enjoyable so i i don't yeah. think anything is
2: yeah, yeah yeah for sure although i think amber should have had a few more questions about why the doctor decides to take her to a fixed point in she's time, supposed Assad. to fixed die fixed points in time or where she thinks she's supposed to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> there's an awful lot of them out there
1: <laughs> yeah and the, it, the fact that it turns up Turns out in the end that uh, all the, everything they saw in that video that they just kind of mocked that up to make sure that right th- to make sure all of yeah. the, the events in in chronology went the way they right. went so uh, so it got them back there on the other end yeah.
2: and it's a it's a good it's a good uh, I think it's a good like sensible uh, closing closing the circle yeah. especially like when, I get, when when the doctor actually then okay clarifies everything that uh, yeah no. Everything's okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a Moffat-era episode without a paradox, right? So, you know, of course.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh, so yeah, I was going to say generally, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot more uh, to say about it. Do you guys have any um, final comments before we throw a grade at this thing? Um, I did like a, I did like some of the. I mean,
2: even though we don't actually get to meet the real. Morton Beck, but I I don't know. I just kind of liked when they, when he talks about how he's got such passion about exploring space, and just as an example of like what humanity is like, and I guess the also as uh, as often the new doctor, uh, new doctor has been shown to be, or I should say in the modern incarnation that uh, i guess uh, you sort of think that yeah and uh, amber is probably going to take those steps uh, where she was hesitant before and and she's going to step forward and actually go into space <laughs> so yeah i like uh, yeah. i like those elements i'm a simple person those things make me happy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh, more doctor at the kennedy space <laughs> center please <laughs> it's it's interesting that we haven't, you know, seen him there ever on the television program. It seems like an obvious thing, but even from a British television program, it seems like he should show up at some point, but,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that's not really happened in, except for on audio, but, well, we did technically get him there a little bit in, um day of the moon in those couple of scenes okay yeah. Uh, yeah
2: so isn't also again an empress of mars isn't he there in the beginning or is he at a is he
0: he is but that's that's one of those things is a space nerd <laughs> that really bugs me because um a robotic probe would be handled out of jpl in california not out of the kennedy space center but you know right. I'll, I'll i'll forgive him for it because of that wonderful shot at the uh Vehicle assembly building, which is probably why they set it there, because it's one of those things. If you know anything about NASA, and you see that building, you go, <laughs> "I know where I am."
2: Yeah, he spent more time at the British space program in the seventies than he has at uh, NASA.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, good yeah. old British space program. <sighs> um, yeah. In general, I thought it was a it was a fun piece. I, I mean, I guess I'm going to reiterate the things I like the best about it. But yeah, it's uh it's it's paced very well. It's got some. It's got good characters. Um, interesting enough situation. I like the setup more than I like the resolution, but that's okay. It's not so so uh, off-putting that it I don't know puts All me right. off of it. I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Voice of the Twelfth Doctor because I I've read I've read a fair amount of Twelfth Doctor fiction. I've listened to you know a, a a few other kind of audio adventures like this. And there's some people that that don't it doesn't click. And Steve Lyons definitely gets this voice. I mean, it's I could hear Peter yeah. Capaldi speaking this stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, 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 good stuff. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, if you we uh, had to give this a grade, uh, let's say out of five, Ice Men, because I can't think of anything else from this <laughs> that uh, uh, what uh, where would this land for you guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I know I point I said there were a few resolution
1: issues, but uh,
2: still, it I found it pretty enjoyable. So I'd say uh, between four and four point two five.
0: I think I would give it a three point five because I think as as I'm with you, Eric, that I, I like the setup uh, more than I do the resolution. But I again, I always appreciate when they do these kind of near future sort of space things and sort of grounded a little more in reality as well Mm -hmm. but there's just there's some there's some plot stuff with it that sort of bugs me so it keeps me from giving it that other sort of half point to get to four
1: yeah um yeah i'm kind of right there with you i think i would push it up to a four just based on pure you know enjoyability or listenability if you will um yeah, I did. I just found it. I listened to it a couple times, and it was a breeze both times, and in the most pleasant of ways. So, uh, and it's not a long, a long adventure anyway. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Found it found it very easy to listen to, and, and very enjoyable to re-listen to, which is, isn't always the case. So, right, yeah, 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 four out of five, yeah, four out of five. For this. And
2: I do like in these audios just a little. I mean, it's obviously not a full cast audio, <laughs> but you've still got some special effects and some sound. Modifications for, to show speakers and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, that, that gives a little, uh, makes it a little more interesting orally to listen to than just a straight yeah. out uh, narrative uh, book on tape.
1: Yeah. And there's certainly a lot worse ways to spend 73 minutes of your time. It's also got, yeah, it's production elements, music, and, and such as well, too. So, it very much feels like listening to something that, listening to an episode of, of New Doctor Who, or at least this era is doctor who like it fits very well into into the 12th doctor's run so yeah so did they did they cast
2: nicola bryant after they realized that hey this is a book that has a american
1: in it i wondered (laughs) that too (laughs) yeah i was thinking that that might have been semi-intentional like yeah and I and I I hats off to Nicola Bryant I, I guess you know there are people that I'm looking at the time some of the timescales reviews and apparently um not everyone agrees with me <laughs> but I, I kind of thought she did fine with uh the way she um handled the American different American accents too yeah. in this not just uh but Amber's you know kind of um, southern accent. Yeah, such, I, I will so. say,
0: as, as somebody from Alabama, it's not the worst southern accent I've ever heard in a Doctor Who thing. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll give Nicola O'Brien oh, credit yeah. for that one. At least it's not, you know, Morton Dill or Minuet in Hell southern accents.
1: That's you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As Morton Dill was the one that came to mind for me, but oh. yeah. Yeehaw! Uh, agreed. I, I mean, I also... I don't know like I, this this review that's on here is just just it was it totally opposite was not happy with with her reading and, and the accents and stuff. So I even thought she did okay with the Peter Capaldi stuff. Like it, it's just enough, you know, that it kind of gave it that flavor without, you know, she's not like trying to sound like Peter yeah. Capaldi but I think yeah,
0: the the problem sometimes you know. with review stuff is that people expect them to sound exactly like the characters on tv rather than to give a flavor and i think people sometimes have issues with that i know i encounter that from time to time with people complaining about the big three recast. so you can't please everybody uh for Mm. better or worse Mm. right
1: right yeah (laughs) agreed yeah it's uh so anyway hats off to nicola Bryan. i thought she did a good job with this yeah 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 I guess that just gives us uh, one last thing to do, and that is to press the button on the uh, machine that we call the Randomizer and see what it is we are checking out for next time. And next time on the show, I hope you'll come back and join us. We are going to be watching an episode of Doctor Who spin-off, uh, The Sarah Jane Adventures. And, uh, it is the Nightmare Man, which is the Season 4 two-part opener. Um, so, uh... Yeah. Yeah, hope you come back and, and join us okay. for that. We're also going to be reading a, a comic strip, something we've been doing recently. When, I, when, I, when the randomizer spins up things that are very brief and it would be hard to fill up a whole show with, I've been kind of tacking them on <laughs> to the end of other shows. So we're also going to read a TV comic comic strip called Doctor Who and the Space Pirates. If that name sounds familiar, it's not based on the TV uh, serial Doctor Thank Who and God. the Space Pirates. <laughs> it is a separate story. <laughs> Uh, yeah yes. i don't know it is a tv comic one so we might not be thinking yes. too much but um okay, though it is a patrick the patrick <laughs> it is yeah Second TV doctor, comic. Uh, so right. um
2: one of those funny yeah. coincidences
1: <laughs> so yeah it could be an uh interesting one next time we'll do kind of a broad spectrum of things there so some sarah jane adventures and some uh, tv comic doctor who and uh Hope everyone will come back and join us uh, for that. As always, thanks you guys for for being here and uh, yeah, talking with me about uh, Death Among the Stars. And I, uh, It was fun. It was. Good to be back. I know. And. Yeah. Yeah. I think this know.
2: might be one of our shorter episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it's it's a shorter piece, and we didn't have an extra anything this time around, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it seems kind of brief, but that's okay. Well, every once in a while we can do one of these and nothing really got our goat to really grind right. down on. Yeah. It was t- it was it was too good. The good ones are always harder. To, like, yeah. It's, it's very easy to pick something on to be something bad that you so don't you can complain out.
0: about it. <laughs> right.
1: Yep. Yeah i do find that to be the case uh, on both the review podcasts that, that i that i do um oftentimes the the stuff that is bad or unenjoyable gets gets more runtime <laughs> and a lot more conversation going so don't know why that is uh, maybe it's human nature rules we'll, uh, i don't know but yeah. no that's a book in a tv um, episode yes it is <laughs> as i now actually know so well cool uh thank you very much for joining us and if anybody out there has any uh comments on death among the stars or any of the stuff we've reviewed here on the police box and junkyard podcast we'd appreciate any feedback uh you can find us on facebook on twitter or send us a good old-fashioned email at policeboxpod at gmail.com and uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh yeah let us know what you think even general feedback about the show anything just uh Let us know. Please write to us. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again, guys, and uh, I will leave it at that. Uh, See you next time. I'm Eric O'Branson. Branson. Asad Heschke. Matthew Kressel. Good evening. Take care all. So long. Thanks for all the fish.
2: Thank you for listening to the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. A proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network join
1: eric Assad,
2: and matthew next time for another random review from the worlds of doctor who everything else as always sad send your feedback to policeboxpodcast at gmail.com and remember if you take the time to write it we'll take the time to read it until next time
1: one day i shall come back yes i shall come back
2: it's the end but the moment has just been- The Doctor Who theme was composed by Ron Grainer and arranged as Doctor Who retro theme by Neon Frontier. All rights to Doctor Who and its related materials belong to the BBC.
0: Some of this danger, some of this injustice, somewhere else the tea's getting cold. Come on Ace, we've got work to do.
1: Direction point, direction point. A Doctor Who Podcast Network.